This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me in the studio today are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vassar, also principal second violin and artistic administrator, Merwin Sue, the TSO's marketing director, Felicia Canny, and a special guest, that is... Our orchestra manager, Keith McWaters. Welcome, Keith. Thank you. It's special to be here. Yeah. Well, you've been on the podcast before, I as have. I remember. And I came yeah. back anyway. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> Indeed. You came back. You were invited back, and you came back. So that's a, a win-win situation. I remember when Keith was here before, I got great feedback that he has a wonderful radio voice. Oh, yeah. He really does. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, we're hoping well, to hear more you. of it today. Actually, happy to deliver. The point of departure for our discussion, our entire program today, is a concert that's happening on Saturday evening. It's 8 o'clock p.m. at the Paris style. This is Michael Cavanaugh and the music of Billy Joel. Now, you can find more information at the uh, Symphony's website. That's ToledoSymphony.com. Also, call up that box office, 419-246-8000. I actually remembered the phone number. We're very today. so proud of you. You're going to be very proud of me. Um, now, the only thing that we don't have here is Michael Cavanaugh, of course. So I did talk to him a couple of days ago. And so I figure what we'll do today is take snippets of my interview with Michael and kind of work it into the podcast. We can listen to it. We can comment on it. If you want me to pause and you have something really important you want to say, I mean, Michael's not going to hear you, but we will all hear <laughs> what you have to say. Uh, you know, I'll pause it, right? And a little bit later, we're all going to take a little Billy Joel quiz together. So that'll be fun. Um, first of all, Michael Cavanaugh, can somebody uh, sort of give us a little rundown and introduction to who Michael Cavanaugh is? And, and first, let me get a little background music for you. So Michael Cavanaugh was um, kind of the spiritual Billy Joel in the musical Moving Out. Uh, if you remember that that show, he had um, a band up above the stage, uh, which is basically recreating Billy Joel's music. And then there was live choreography uh, with um, just a, a, an amazing troupe of dancers um, who were ballet trained. I think it was from the American Ballet Theater or something like that. And um, through the music that was performed live and the dancing which was done down below, they told a story of Brenda and Eddie going through, um, you know, they're falling in love, their marriage and Vietnam and many other points that actually if you stack up all these Billy Joel songs, there is a narrative and a really good one. Wow. Uh, but Michael Cavanaugh was, was the man that Billy Joel selected to represent himself. Great singer, great piano player, have to be a great piano player to play Billy Joel and to more or less replicate his music. So he's the, the heir apparent to Billy Joel, not necessarily one of those sound-alikes. He's actually intentionally picked to represent Billy Joel by Billy Joel, which is kind of great. Yay! Excellent job. I see Keith is sort of like rocking out to Beethoven here, but you're actually channeling Billy Joel, right? Absolutely. Because it's, yes, that's absolutely. Billy Joel used Beethoven in this night, if we yeah. don't know. N-I-G-H-T, by the way. Well, okay. Let me let me bring that down. So we've heard Zach's version of uh, Michael Cavanaugh's experience. So let's hear it from Michael Cavanaugh himself. I'm going to start the interview here. The first segment is a little over seven minutes long, but we can pause it if you want. Uh, here's what uh, Michael had to say when I talked to him a couple of days ago. Michael Cavanaugh, welcome to Toledo Symphony Lab. You are performing uh, Saturday. It's April 13th, 8 o'clock p.m. at the Toledo Museum of Art Peristyle. The music of Billy Joel. 
Uh, let me just put it out there. The number to call for tickets, 419-246-8000 or ToledoSymphony.com. Uh, Michael, you've been so kind to join us. You're out on the uh, West Coast, right? Well, yes. I live uh, in suburban Las Vegas. I live in Henderson, Nevada. Oh, nice. I'm an, I'm an Ohio boy. I'm uh, born and raised in Cleveland. And uh, so Ohio will always be my home. But winters in Nevada are pretty good. Yeah, right. It's all relative, isn't it? Well, before sure. we get started, uh, why don't you say hi to everybody? Well, hey, everyone. My name is Michael Cavanaugh, and I'm excited to be coming to Toledo, performing my favorite music in the world, the music of my musical hero and my friend Billy Joel, and uh, we are just going to have a blast. Yeah. Um, now, what's interesting is you talk about your musical hero. Billy Joel was your musical hero from, like, when you were a little kid, and then and now he's, like, your mentor. I mean, yeah. fill us in on how that happened. How did you get from point A to point B? So I grew up, like I said before, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, I'm the youngest of four boys. My three older brothers, they were metalheads back in the back in the you know late '70s when I was I was like seven years old, and I said, "Wow, that's cool! I want to do that." And then my dad said, "You know what? That's fine." You know, my brothers were listening to Zeppelin and ozzy osbourne and he said that's fine but check this guy out and he played me big shot by billy joel and i thought it was the coolest thing ever and it started there and i remember for my birthday when i was in third grade my first record album that i ever got was glass houses by billy joel and i just played it nonstop. and then it kind of went from there then i started you know getting some of the older albums i would say that the two albums that have the biggest influence on me would be glass houses and um second street so i so I grew up around Cleveland playing in bands. I started playing in nightclubs. I played in my first one when I was 12. By the time I was 13, it was wow. probably three nights a week. By the time I was 15, it was four or five nights a week. And I was playing in top 40 bands. Billy Joel had, was, was my favorite artist. So we would do these um, these gigs at these top 40 clubs, but in the middle of the set, I would always play a ballad like She's Got Away or, <laughs> or uh, Honesty or Just the Way You Are, something like that. So everyone knew I was like this little Billy Joel kid. And uh, <laughs> after I got married in 1993, a year later, I got offered a job at a dueling piano bar in Orlando, Florida. There's actually three pianos. So it was, it was the only one I think that ever had three pianos. But So I did that job from first in Orlando from 94 to 99. And uh, then I got a job offer to go to Las Vegas and do the same thing, but for more money. So I went to Las Vegas and I was playing there. And then while I was, it was, it was in uh, 2001, I got to know Billy Joel's tour manager, which mm -hmm. that alone was incredible to me just to know anyone who, who knew Billy Joel, or especially someone who worked for Billy Joel. You got to understand when I was a kid, I used to camp out in the snow for tickets. <laughs> I remember being so cold. We were all dancing around and playing football on ice, an icy parking lot, <laughs> just to not freeze to death. That's what I used to do to see Billy Joel. Yeah, that's and, commitment. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to say it's a lot easier now. <laughs> but uh, so, so I, so I took this job in Las Vegas, and I was playing there. I got to know Max Lubier, his tour manager, who's Billy. Uh, Max is still with Billy today, and uh, Max and I got along well. And Max decided he wanted to help me. So Billy Joel was coming into concert, co coming into town for a concert. I knew about that, and Billy was in a couple days early. So I, I'm getting ready to go to work at the piano bar, and Max calls me and says, I just so you know, I'm bringing Billy Joel to hear you in the piano bar tonight. 
and I about had a heart attack. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I got there, you know, and sure enough, Billy came. And, you know, Billy is way too famous to hang out at any piano bar, but he came and he had a security with him. Wow. And it was it was amazing. And he, you know, like I said, it was a dueling piano bar. So that first night I met him, at the end of my set, he got on the piano across from me, and we were jamming together oh, that cool. first night. Oh, my gosh. Did, did you have any like, idea that was going to happen? Like, even no. when you knew he was coming, did you... Did you even think in your heart of hearts, well, he's going to play with me tonight? Not a chance. I didn't think there was any way. I, of course, I of course I wanted him to, but yeah. I was afraid to ask him. Yeah. And then Max comes up to me at my piano and says, hey, do you want Billy to sit in? I'm like, yes, of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> I like him. And uh, he wanted to play Beatles and Elvis. I'm like, that's cool. I know all that stuff. So we were jamming on a guitar with a little help from my friends. You know, we're yeah. singing it together. I was like, this is amazing. And then, you know, by then... Because we were trying to keep it a secret that he was in this little piano bar. The whole casino found out, and suddenly the, we were starting to get swarmed. Right. And Billy, at this point, had like 12 security guards from the casino, plus his own security guard around him. And uh, he ran up to me, gave me a hug. He said, great to meet you, kid. I got to go. And I never knew. And I was like, you can kill me now. <laughs> um, and I wasn't sure I'd ever see him again. You didn't get the chance to, to sing any Billy Joel for Billy Joel at that point. I right? did, actually. I was oh, trying did? not to. I was trying not to because I was. I didn't want to sing it in front of him. <laughs> so finally, the whole place, this is before he came up and said, and the whole place is yelling for Piano Man. Uh, and I'm, I'm like, I can't do it. And so I look over to him. And, you know, his table's about 10 feet away from me. I look over to him. He's like, ah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I have to sing Piano Man in front of Billy Joel. You, so you know what? That's what cinched the deal, though, right there, probably, when he heard well, you sing yeah. one of his songs. Yeah, I mean, he liked me. He definitely did. You yeah. know, I was singing a bunch of Elton John stuff. I think the first song I played when he came in was, was an Elton John song, Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. Yeah. And then he requested some Jerry Lee Lewis. So I played it for him, and I hammed it up. You know, I was playing <laughs> the thing with my feet and my butt, and, and he yeah. loved it. <laughs> so... You know, we got along great. And um, so a couple nights later at his concert, I was invited backstage and I was invited to go to dinner with Billy after the show. And we were quickly kind of becoming friends. At this point, there were plans for the Broadway show, but I didn't know it yet. I didn't know until about two months later because Billy wasn't all that involved at that point. He basically gave uh, Twyla Tharp and the producers permission to work on something and then he would tell them if he liked it. But when they said, you know, we need a piano man for this show, we need someone to do the job that Billy would do. Uh, Billy thought that I would be a good guy to do it. So uh, that Billy's like, yeah, Kavanaugh's great. That, that, that'd be, that'd be great. So I still had to win over the producers in Twyla Tharp, but when you go in with Billy's thumbs up, that's a pretty good place to start. Okay. That's the first segment of my interview with Michael Kavanaugh. Uh, Keith, I want to get your reaction, first of all, because you're like the Billy, you're, you're, we brought you in here because you're like the Billy Joel, you know, aficionado here. Uh, you know, I don't know if I'm a Billy Joel aficionado, <laughs> uh, but Back I'll say anything way, to get on the radio. So <laughs> thanks for taking the bait. Yeah. yeah. Before we got on the radio, he was still calling him William Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Joel, Joel, yeah. Who is this French cat? Um, no, I. You know, I'm a huge fan. I, I don't know all. I don't know a lot of the background. I don't. I'm not like a, a fanatic, so to speak. But I grew up at the same time. It sounds like Michael Cavanaugh, although he's probably much younger than I. Uh, where splitting my time between Led Zeppelin and 
and Ozzy Osbourne and Billy Joel. And I would play with the bands who were playing the heavy stuff. And then I would go home and listen to Billy Joel. Um, and others, of course, but, uh, Billy Joel had, uh, a musicality about him that some of the other groups didn't as good as the Led Zeppelins and the James Gangs and those guys were at the time. And, uh, it was always good to have those groups in your hip pocket if you're playing in a cover band, but having some Billy Joel, uh, to throw at, at the audience was always, uh, was always a keeper. And I, I gotta say when, uh, Michael mentioned just the way you are, it brought back some memories because when, I was blessed to uh, to be in a band that it was a really good band, and I was blessed to be able to sing just the way you are really? while I'm playing the drums. And I got to tell you, the looks I used to get from the girls were worth <laughs> were worth all those drum lessons. <laughs> and I got married real young, so it didn't really matter. But still, it was uh, it was a high that lasted almost until I was loading my drum set into the trunk in the rain. But <laughs> but for the most part, it was a, a great time to be playing music. And Billy Joel's music was an important part of the cover yeah. band stuff I was doing. I, I love the story that Michael tells about, you know, Billy Joel coming to see him play dueling pianos and actually getting up and, and playing dueling pianos with him. It's sort of a real starstruck moment. Um, so that kind of opens the door to all of our own starstruck moments. I don't know if anybody has a, a story to tell, but it would be interesting to hear from uh, you, if you have a star-struck moment. Merwin, you're moving into the microphone. <laughs> I was moving away from it, but I got back <laughs> and back. Um, um, so I think one of one of my favorite stories is um, when Yo-Yo Ma was visiting Toledo. And this is, well, this is not even a PG-13 um, story, but it's not quite a G-rated story. But <laughs> um, so, so PG, <clears throat> sure. Let's go with that. Emphasis on so, P. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Foreshadowing. No, Come no. on. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> go ahead. I'm in the men's restrooms in the in the back backstage of the Peristyle, and you know, following typical etiquette, and all of a sudden, a person is right at the urinal next to me. And this is not supposed to happen. You know, you, there's, there's spacing rules <laughs> where we, 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 men sign these, you know, like these, these agreements. And then, you know, wow, this and, is so enlightening right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. We should be taking notes. Right. And the, so I'm, I immediately do the appropriate thing, which is stare in a northeasterly direction away <laughs> from said person. <laughs> And Did you have goes, a compass or? What? Oh, oh, trust me. This this becomes a, a this is a moral compass. A moral compass. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, God. the person says, "Wait, you're Merwin Sue, aren't you?" <laughs> and I, out of my peripheral vision, realized this is Yo Yo Ma. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. And, <laughs> and then he starts talking about the program, and he goes. You know, I I was told you were responsible for this program, and I've I've been doing gala concerts so for so many many years, and I've never had the chance to play Rococo variations and the Schumann Concerto in the same concert, and the pairings that are with this, it's really really amazing, and this is a, such a great program. And all I'm thinking is, finish, 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 <laughs> oh finish. Gosh. So I do, <laughs> and I'm at the. I'm at the sinks behind and he's still talking and he's, he, he's just a wonderful conversationalist, but this really didn't but feel not like the in time. the bathroom. <laughs> I know. And then there's this cadence, this rhythm to the conversation. And I know that now is the point I am supposed to speak, but I cannot think of anything to say. So finally I s mentioned something about how 
what I'm thinking is that a star like Yo-Yo Ma should not have to be in the situation where he is, I don't know, peeing next to the plebeians or something. <laughs> so, um, so I mentioned something about it's too bad that the backstage facilities of the Peristyle don't quite match up to how beautiful the theater is up front, something like that. Um, and then he does what I consider to be the quintessential Yo-Yo Ma moment, which is like, you know, he's just the most positive person. And what he does, given this cloud of the conversation, he finds the silver lining. He knocks on the urinal and says, but you know what? This isn't just porcelain. This is solid marble. When is the last time you can say you peed on marble? And I said something like about 30 seconds ago and <laughs> run out of the bathroom <laughs> because I can't think of anything else to say. Wow. And so I have this starstruck moment, I guess, of Yo-Yo Ma finding the bright side of the the men's bathrooms in the backstage of the parasite. Wow. I'm not so sure we can even use that story. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> I'm not 100% sure either, but... Because you've outed Yo-Yo Ma as a bathroom talker, you know, like... <laughs> Like that's 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 yeah. Well, I, about two or three months ago on Facebook, there was this. Um, I think Classic FM posted this um, picture of Yo-Yo Ma having this great conversation with a wombat in a restroom stall. So I think we all know <laughs> okay. that he's a bathroom talker, and it, it's a wonderful picture. You can easily find it. So you were playing the role of the wombat. I think I was, <laughs> and starring as the wombat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know that any of us want to follow that story. <laughs> no, um, no. There's I think a, we can, you know, I've trail got more, of tears. I got more, more of my conversation with Michael Cavanaugh. We also talked a little bit about the uh, musical that he did, Moving Out, that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. And also yeah. talked about working with symphony orchestras. Let's bring uh, Michael back into the conversation here. Well, it's kind of a rock ballet, isn't it, Moving Out? Because you, you do a lot of singing and then there's dancing and... There are little really vignettes is. throughout the piece. Is that how it works? Well, it's a story. It's, it's interpretive dance, but honestly, in my opinion, you know, uh, the moving out producers uh, never wanted to use the term rock ballet. Oh, that's okay. Pretty, pretty, pretty accurate description. The reason they didn't <laughs> want to use rock ballet is because if you call it a rock ballet, you can you cannot be eligible for Tony Awards. Oh, okay. So <laughs> it has to be called a musical, which you know, I mean. Well, nobody's going to listen to me. Don't worry about that. Well, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> What's done is done. This was yeah. years ago, right? It, it doesn't matter. But the funny thing is, like, there's 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 rules about what can be a musical. I'm like, the whole thing is music. There's no dialogue. How how could that not be a musical? But right. anyway, yeah. So it was, you know, I sang every song in the show, uh, like 26, I think, or, or whatever it was. But um, there was no dialogue. So everything came out of my mouth. So it was it was exhausting, but it was amazing. Well, you were a Tony nominee for this show and also a Grammy yes, nominee uh, when you That's recorded correct. it, right? That's correct. I lost them both, but uh, yes. the no- no- nominations, <laughs> you know. Hey, I you can put it in your that, bio. Oh, and I certainly have. Yeah. Uh, people say it's an honor to be nominated, but I've, I've heard winning is even better. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're still quite young, I think. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, you know, I, I still feel good. I'm, I'm out there going everywhere from... You know, we just played with the Malaysian Philharmonic a couple months ago. Pretty crazy. Yeah. It was great. But when did you start playing with symphony orchestras now? Because you do a lot of that, right? I do a lot of that. I do a lot of I, I've been with over 100 symphonies for sure. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, that started in 2008. Um, after moving out ended, 
in December of 2005, 2006, January, I moved back to Las Vegas. And I, I was doing a lot, and I still do a lot of those too, a lot of corporate events, do a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was doing that for a while, and then I, w- I was trying to figure out what do I want to do next creatively. And I was approached by the Indianapolis Symphony in 2007. Uh, that they saw me on Broadway, and they, and they were really interested in working with me, starting with uh, a music of Billy Joel show. So I was excited, and it took us it took us a while to put that first one together. We worked on it for about a year, yeah. and then in 2008 we debuted the show, and immediately I was getting bookings with you know some really great symphonies, Pittsburgh Symphony and wow. um, yeah. Cincinnati, and then since then you know I've been with the Boston Pops many times, and it's you know it's been incredible. Um, and, uh, you know, so we started doing that show in 2008. Then in 2010, I launched my second show, which is the music of Elton John, which who knows, maybe someday I'll come back to Toledo to do that one, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, which is great. And then we have another show, uh, we call it the music of the great singer songwriters, which is mostly the music of Paul Simon, James Taylor, and Neil Diamond. And people, that's a great one too. Mm-hmm. And then I have a rock and roll Christmas show as well. I've got four different orchestral shows. I think wow. you've, you've I, got your I, season I for Billy next Joel year. The Joel show is the one I'm most known for because I did it on Broadway. You know, I've done that one with, like I said, the Boston Pops. I've done it with the National Symphony at Kennedy Center in D.C. I've, I've, I've done that one all over the place. It's amazing to do these shows with these amaz- with these incredible orchestras behind us. It's it's just so much fun. Are we going to hear all the all the major hits in this concert? Well, we're certainly going to hear, you know what, you'd think you could hear all of them, but if you can hear all of them, it's going to take four hours. So you're going to hear, <laughs> True. I'd say you're going to hear the, you know, the most major hits for sure. I mean, you're going to hear, of course, Piano Man, you can hear Scenes from Italian Restaurant, you can hear New York State of Mind, and Uptown Girl, and River of Dreams, and Moving Out, and She's Got Away, and, uh, you know, you, I could just go on and on. Yeah. You know, it, it's, there, there's so many. That's exciting. <laughs> I'm hoping they're going to let people dance in the peristyle at this concert out in well, the aisles. Uh, well, I, I, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I can't remember if the last one was San Antonio or if the last one was Buffalo, but I think it was Buffalo. They were all dancing in the aisles. It was great. Yeah. Because sometimes when people stand up in their seats, sometimes people get a little angry about that. <laughs> and, our, and our show is pretty high energy, and I, I really like to be connected with the audience. I think it's my old piano bar roots. Yeah. You know, I really like to connect. I don't care if there's, 3,000 of them. I want, I want it to feel like we're all hanging out together. Hey, well, when we air this podcast, we're going to have the CEO of the symphony with us, so we'll, we'll get his <laughs> official permission for people to get up and dance in the aisles. So what say you, Zach? He has it. It's okay? <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. So You'll folks, be dancing, right? Yeah. I will be. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the fire marshal will have to say about it, but, you know. If well, people th- want to get up think and dance. about the beautiful peristyle. You have these great columns in the perimeter. There's plenty of room to dance up yeah. there behind the columns. That's and, uh, you know, if anybody's brave enough to dance uh, in their seat, it's a beautiful <laughs> place because every seat can be seen from every seat. So yeah. uh, you'll have quite an audience. Yeah. I think we just tell the fire marshal that we didn't start the fire. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you win, you win. (laughs) Okay, we'll see you next week, everybody. (laughs) Well, we have one more thing that we have to do before we finish out this podcast. You have something you want to say? I I just want to jump in. Uh, Michael just mentioned the idea of uh, Elton John, and uh, of course, we're talking about Billy Joel today. I want to share a story. Uh, I was lucky enough 
to see Billy Joel and Elton John do a joint concert, talk about dueling pianos uh, in, in Boston when I lived out there. And um, there was this hilarious moment where Billy, who always has to have a book of music and lyrics, even though he wrote all the lyrics, he gets very um, uh, tongue twisted sometimes. He doesn't know what's coming up next. And then Elton John, who's the same way, who always has a teleprompter. So one has a book, the other one has a TV screen. Um, Billy Joel is singing Piano Man, and he gets the next stanza wrong, and they're trading back and forth. And he, uh, so he starts singing um, two stanzas in front, flips it back over to Elton, who knows enough about the song to finish the incorrect stanza with the words that are appropriately incorrect for that stanza, <laughs> and then begin the next one with the one that Billy Joel flipped over. And as soon as this happens, you see this hilarious look of... of admiration and oh crap go over <laughs> Billy Joel's yeah, face. Yeah, this uh, Brit who uh, has to play along with him knows his music better than he does. Yeah. But both of those are great showmen. Great story. Yeah. So before we move on, I would love to ask you guys if there's a Billy Joel song that is your go-to when you think about Billy Joel. And Felicia, you're smiling so widely, so I want to start with you. Oh, no. Uh, I think Keith should go first. <laughs> I need to buy myself some time. Oh, Keith's not fair. You know, of all the tunes that we used to do uh, in the cover band with Billy Joel, and there were quite a few of them, um, my favorite was a tune. I'm not even sure if Billy Joel wrote it. I just know that it was Billy Joel that sang it and got my attention. It was called The Entertainer, oh, yeah. and it was not the yeah, Scott Joplin good. Entertainer. <laughs> but if I can remember... One of the verses, if I could just take a second and and say the verse for you, it was it was pretty cool. It was, I am the entertainer, the idol of my age. I make all kinds of money when I go on the stage. You've seen me in the papers. I've been in the magazines. But if I go cold, I won't get sold. I get put in the back in the discount rack like another can of beans. <laughs> to me, that was like that was like a mantra. I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah. you got to stay current. Or but see, when I hear that, and like, not if I don't know the song, and then I think, what kind of music would go with that? And it's kind of like circus music. <laughs> I am the entertainer. You know, you're <laughs> very not close. far off. Yeah, you're very yeah. close. But yeah. you know, he also wrote classical music. Like, there's there's a fascination with Billy Joel and classical music. He um, he stopped writing in the 90s so that he could focus on writing actual classical music. And yeah. uh, I think there's one CD of piano music that he wrote. And it's good. It's like little shorts like Schumann or Schubert might have written. Yeah. Um, but it's on a great album, I think, has a uh, title, Fantasies and Delusions. <laughs> o- opus <laughs> nice. 1 to 10. Nice. But, uh, Felicia, yeah, Felicia, you're up. Um, so you know how this is like a very... I guess a stereotypical story, um, but you know when you meet your significant. Hang on, uh, hang on a what? second. Okay, let's hear your story. Oh, I don't know if I can't do this anymore. Um, Here, here's the so, so, No. <laughs> okay, uh, so when I first met my husband, um, I was very into Billy Joel music. I would play it in the CD player and be sitting in the the basement of the College of Musical Arts. And then, um, you know, that's the place where everyone congregates. And he would swing by. I'm like, oh, he's coming by. And then he would ask. Billy Joel or your husband? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> Same difference. No, I'm kidding. Um, so my husband, my future I'm kidding. Hu- what? <laughs> the story. Okay. So he would walk by and, and then he would, you know, plop all his stuff down. 
and and ask me, oh, what are you listening to? And then I had to play it really cool (laughs) and say, oh, you know, I'm I'm really into Billy Joel. Um, And at that moment, I was listening to uh, Goodnight, My Angel, the lullaby that he wrote Mm -hmm. for his daughter. And then uh, my husband, who's really into like barbershop quartets, all of that, he's like, you know, there's a great barbershop quartet version of this. And I was like, oh, I don't really like barbershop music. But I couldn't tell him because I thought he was cute. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, really? That's really cool to know. And he's like, I'll, I'll loan this to you. And then I had the CD for, I don't know, months. You still have like, it, right? Oh, it's probably somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Have you Have you listened to it? It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay. We need to get a whole like, barbershop. A Billy Joel album out there, right? Please, Barbershop please, arrangements. Please don't. Of Billy Joel hits. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we need to move yeah. on from the Billy Joel story, and, unless you have more to tell. Felicia. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Okay. Well, I'm taking a pass, Merwin. You like left I'm the totally, room when they mentioned it, so <laughs> I'm totally taking. You're a pass. taking a pass as well. Well, let, let's move on with more Michael Cavanaugh because oh. this is a fun. Wait a second. Don't. I I do a... have a Billy Joel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, let's hear it. Um. So I mentioned Eddie loved classical music, and um, so when it sounds so much better talking over this piano music, yeah. I could say nothing sensible, and it would come out good with this yeah. piano music. Yeah, that's which a, is usually that's, how it know, works. That's, yeah. that's one of my secrets, right there. <laughs> um, so he has great ties to New York, and a New York State of Mind is one of his great, great songs. Yeah. But song. right after nine eleven. He appeared on a duet CD with Tony Bennett. Oh, wow. And they did New York State of Mind. And he made Tony Bennett into the great balladeer, and Tony made him into a great jazz man in that song. And as different as their voices are, if you think about Tony Bennett's voice and Billy Joel's voice, they sing together and you actually have a little bit of trouble telling who's who it's just one of these great marriages of music they end up winning a grammy for that song um but coming right out of 9-11 it was a good anthem to be in a new york state of mind and not to be kind of swimming in the sadness that we had all carried with us yeah oh that's great so i'm going to segue now into our quiz for the day and actually we'll keep the music going because i think it's nice background for our quiz this is a billy joel quiz it's only four questions i actually had michael play it the other day with me and uh he's going to play it with us right now so the way it'll work and i explained this to michael we hear it in just a moment is that uh, i'll ask the question and then i'll pause it we'll all answer it here in the studio and then we'll hear what michael had to say got it okay here we go The answer is B, boxing. Oops. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Got that one. <laughs> Here we go. Michael Cavanaugh is bringing the music of Billy Joel to the peristyle. It's Saturday. It's April 13th, 8 o'clock p.m. ToledoSymphony.com, 419-246-8000. Michael, you got a, a couple of minutes. Can I send you through our, our little Billy Joel quiz? What do you think? <laughs> sure. I okay. hope I pass. This is a four-question <laughs> quiz. I'm going to open it up to everybody. So what I'll do is 
I'll ask you the questions, and, and then I'll pause your voice and let everybody else answer, and then we'll see what you say. This is so unfair. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so here we go. First question. What sport did Billy Joel excel at when he was a teenager? Is it A, wrestling? Is it B, boxing? Or is it C, football? Okay. Let's hear our answer. <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. He does not strike me as a football player. Yeah. Keith, do you know this? Did you know this from the he's get-go? A, he's a pugilist. A pugilist. Ooh. Oh, that's what the, like, the I know what that right? is. It's <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what did you say? Yeah, right? Is that what the... Is like what? The, the Q-tips. No. Q-tips? Pugilist is a boxer, oh, really? is a boxer. yeah. Oh, but they Please. do need they do need Q-tips because of their bloody noses. No, no, no. Like, That's what like you're American thinking Gladiators, of? right? Oh. Isn't that oh, right? Oh, kind of. I know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. I, I, with the, okay. <laughs> no, it's not at all like that. <laughs> <laughs> I dislike all of you sometimes. Okay, let's hear what Michael had to say. The answer is B, boxing. Boxing, that's Yay! right. He, he won a few amateur fights in the Golden Gloves, and in one of his last bouts, he actually got his nose broken. Nose broken. So he needed yeah, a Q-tip. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, second question. True. Next question. So far, you're, you're one for one. Yeah. Second question is, at what age did Billy Joel graduate from high school? Was it 15? Was it 18? Or was it 43? C. Yeah, it's totally C. C. He did not graduate until an adult. Everybody agree with that? Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Let's hear what Michael had to say. Oh, that answer would definitely be 43. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, he left uh, Hicksville High without ever having completed his work. But in 1992... He uh, turned in some missing essays, and he got his high school diploma <laughs> in the third the question. Vault. To the same teacher. Two for two for right. so far. I, I see where this is going. I think you're pretty well uh, uh, immersed in the Billy Joel mythology here. Wow. <laughs> History, I should say. So in 1970, Billy Joel was part of a heavy metal duo, which released an album showing Billy standing in a cave surrounded by chunks of raw meat. What was the band's name? Was it Attila? Was it Charlemagne? Or was it Caligula? Okay, <laughs> Sounds guys. like something Lady Gaga would, would pose in today. So. Attila, Charlemagne, or Caligula? His original duo. What do you, what do you say, Felicia? Oh. Nothing. Nothing? I go oh, for no. Charlemagne. Charlemagne, Merwin? I'll take Caligula. Then. Caligula? <laughs> for some reason, Caligula. You going with Caligula? Like okay, let's see what uh, Michael has to say. Attila. Attila. Oh, yeah. That's right. He was dressed up as Attila in that cover. If folks, you know, so nobody got it, Google, except for Michael. No. Go to Google and look up, uh, you know, Attila and Billy Joel, and you'll be delighted <laughs> at what comes back. I'm on okay, it. Okay, number four. Which legendary group first inspired Billy Joel to play in a rock band? Was it the Rolling Stones? Was it the Beatles? Or was it the Beach Boys? Okay. Let's hear it, guys. Who was it? Beatles. The Beatles, you say the Beatles? I say Beatles. Beach Boys. Beach Boys, Beatles, Beach Boys. Are we just Beach gonna... Boys sounds like kind of the weirdest answer out of that, so I'm going to choose it. Okay, let's hear what Michael <laughs> says. Well, I know he loves the Stones, but I'm going to go with the Beatles. You are right. Wow. Yay! Four for four. Michael Cavanaugh, you are a Billy Joel rock star. <laughs> you know your <laughs> well, stuff. I'm, I'm there was fan. no keyboard on the Beatles. Fan. I will tell you that when he wrote You May Be Right, he was pretty much trying to write a Rolling Stones song. And if you think about it, I mean, you could totally picture Mick Jagger. Friday night, I crash your paw. I mean, it sounds oh, like yeah. Mick Jagger. It does, actually. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Beatles are, I mean, that's that's where it all began for him. Yay! 
Okay. Well, that was fun. Michael uh, also told me that you know, a lot of his family, like there's going to be a huge clan of Kavanaugh's coming out from Cleveland to uh, see the concert. Oh, wow. Well, the Cleveland clan Kavanaugh? I can't even say it out loud. Cleveland Kavanaugh <laughs> clan. clan. <There> yeah, <laughs> exactly. They'll be joining him for the concert. The concert is, if you uh, don't know, it's happening Saturday, April 13th, 8 o'clock p.m. at the Toledo Museum of Art Peristyle. Michael Kavanaugh bringing the music of Billy Joel to the Peristyle with the Toledo Symphony. More information at ToledoSymphony.com. Also, 419-246-8000 is the phone number. I don't even have it written down, actually. I, I, I remembered that from memory. <laughs> Brad, I am so proud of you. <laughs> yeah, only 70-plus episodes later, as Merwin pointed out earlier in the podcast. Well, I want to thank everybody for coming in today and talking about the music of Billy Joel and this concert coming up. Zach Vassar, Merwin Sue, Felicia Canny, and Keith McWatters. And just a reminder, this program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast at wgte.org slash lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. I'm Brad Cresswell. You've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab from FM 91.